0: This is the greatest test that I think Moses ever faced, where Miriam, his sister, Aaron, his brother, turn on him. We would say in this day, they ganged up on him. They just raged him all the time. The two who were always with him, from Egypt until now, turn on him. What did they say? Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it, and Moses said nothing. God said he was the meekest of men. He just kept quiet. You know, that's what the Lord did. You remember in Isaiah 53, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. In 1 Peter chapter 2, when he was reviled, he reviled not again, but left all things to him who judgeth righteously. Moses, the servant of God, and our precious Saviour when he was reviled, reviled again. Oh, how easy it is for us to justify ourselves. How easy it is to defend yourself. How hard it is to just say, well, Lord, it's in your hands. You know my heart. You know what I've said, and you know what I've done. It's what you have. And here we see not weakness. Here we see strength. He left his case with God. If your heart is right before God, you can well afford to wait and let God take care of it.
1: Our name, the Unchanging Word, reflects the fact that the eternal Word of God is never changed and never will. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Life begins at Calvary, there my Savior died. He took my place and by His grace came with me to abide. All I need for life. Calvary, life that never ends. In this study of great Bible characters, Moses, whom we have been learning about, is now once again an intercessor. And this time he will intercede for a member of his own family, his own sister. Now, both Aaron, his brother, and Miriam, his sister, spoke out against Moses. Dr. Mitchell presents the contrast between Moses in Egypt as a mighty man and Moses, the meekest of men and what a transformation it was. And we're going to hear about this Moses, this meekest of men. Now, in this passage about Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, his meekness is manifest even while being confronted by his siblings. Now, when the Lord heard it, he confronted them. He pointed out quite clearly that Moses was his prophet, and our Lord Jesus only once spoke of himself. Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. He was meek and lowly of heart, well, with Dr. Mitchell here on the Unchanging Word Bible broadcast, let's turn to Numbers chapter
0: 12. Thank you. Good day, friends. Again, we come to you, and we're taking up the study of this man, Moses, this man who was the speaker for God to Egypt, the leader of Israel out of Egypt and across into the desert. He was a great intercessor who stood between God in his righteous judgment and a people in their sin and corruption. And then we found he was the prophet. Oftentimes we hear of Moses, the lawgiver, and rightly so too. Or Moses, the servant of God, and rightly so. But he was also the prophet. In fact, it says in Deuteronomy, the last chapter, the 10th verse, that there was no prophet like unto Moses, the man whom God knew face to face. But I want to take up today this question of Moses as the meekest of men. I'd like to read to you from the book of Numbers, chapter 12. And I read, and Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian. And they said, Hath not God indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. And the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and unto Miriam. You you three come unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And they three came out. The Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both came forth and he said, Hear now my words." If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known to him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. Moses, my servant Moses, is not so, who was faithful in all mine house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches. And the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then... Were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. And you remember, Miriam was smitten with leprosy. And then Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech you, lay not the sin upon us, when we have done foolishly, wherein we have sinned. And then you remember, Moses prayed that the Lord would heal her, and so on. I want to talk a little while about Moses, the man who was meek. Now, I must say this it takes a great man to be meek, M E E K. Anybody can be weak, W E A K, but not M E E K. You know, Moses was not always meek. You remember when he was in Egypt? He slew a man, he slew the Egyptian. He thought by his hand God would deliver Israel. He wasn't very meek. No, sir, at 40 years of age, uh, trained militarily, and he had strength and physique. And he slew the man who was being very, very hard on one of the Israelite slaves. Then he went for 40 years into the desert. God wanted him to return. My, what a different Moses. God had a hard time getting him to go back to Egypt, to leave his wife and his children. What a test. And now, when we come to Numbers chapter 12, he's called the meekest of men. Was he meek at Meribah in Numbers 20? Listen to what he said in Numbers 20, verse 10. Hear now, you rebels, must we fetch you water? And as the 106th Psalm, verses 32 to 33 declare, he, he got beside himself. And you remember, you remember how the Lord pronounced judgment on Moses because of that very thing. Doesn't look like he was very meek. But now he comes to the climax of testing. Success has not turned his head. For example, in Numbers chapter 11, Verse 29, when he said, Would to God, all his people were prophets. Success didn't turn his head. He rejoiced when others had the spirit of prophecy. There was no jealousy in Moses. Do you remember we were going to call the 70 and two, two refused to go, two stayed back. And do you remember of how uh, someone came and told Joshua and Joshua, of course, was jealous for Moses. And Moses said, what to God, that every one of his people were prophets. You know, what a lesson for us today. Do we rejoice? Do you rejoice? Do I rejoice when we see God using someone else? Maybe a little more than he's using you or me. How easy it is to become envious and jealous of others. See, friend, that's that's so common. That's so common. He thinks he's somebody. So you cover up your own jealousy by saying something, something unkind about the other fellow. May the Lord speak to your heart and my heart. And if God is using somebody more than he's using you, praise the Lord for it. You know, if we walk with God in the place where God has put us, I'm talking about you and me. If we walk quietly, softly before the Lord, the place where he's put us, that's the place for us to be. And if someone is given a bigger job or more gift, more apparently, more success, well, more power to them. Praise the Lord. Because God does not reward greatness. He rewards faithfulness to the task he's given to you and he's given to me. So, Dear Moses, here he rejoiced. He said, Woe to God that every one in Israel were prophets. What a lesson for us. I take it myself and for you too. But here, when you come to chapter 12, this is the greatest test that I think Moses ever faced. See, it's a family affair. What a blow it must be to Moses. Where where Miriam, his sister, and Aaron, his brother, turned on him. Now, the nation did that. They wanted a new leader. They turned on Moses, but he just went to God about it. And then there were the leaders who were jealous, jealous of Moses, and God had to step in there too. But now when it comes to the family, it strikes where it hurts the most. The two who were always with him from Egypt until now, Turn on him. What did they say? Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it, and Moses said nothing. God said he was the meekest of men. Miriam. I would say that Miriam might be possibly at least 10 years older than, than Moses. She was his sister. She was a prophetess. All she had was because of Moses. In Exodus, you remember, she took care of him. She led the singing at the Red Sea. She was the leading woman in Israel. She was very close to Moses all through the years, and possibly she may have sat in the council with Moses and Aaron. And then another woman comes into the picture, the first verse. Moses admired a Cushite. In fact, she was a Midianite. Her name was Zipporah. And you remember back over there in chapter 18, Jethro, Moses' father in law, brought Zipporah and the children to Moses into the wilderness. I see another woman has come to the picture, and Miriam has to play second fiddle. She's been fir- first fiddle all the time, but now she must play second fiddle to an outsider. And watch the footage. She was very, very jealous of Zipporah. She didn't take it out of Zipporah, she took it out of Moses. Look at Aaron. Aaron was about four years older than Moses. He was the high priest, he was the elder brother. Was he not the spokesman? Didn't God make him the spokesman instead of Moses? He was jealous of Moses. Miriam, jealous. Of Zipporah. Moses, do you think you're the only one God talks to and through whom God speaks? You're the kid, you know. You're the youngest of the three. You can just see this. It happens that they both plagued Moses. Well, we would say in this day they ganged up on him. They just razzed him all the time, a continual rising It's not just one thing. Moses has been plagued by the nation, plagued by its leaders, plagued by its people, now by his own brother and sister. A continual thing. He never said a word, never said a word. Notice what God says My servant Moses is faithful in all his house. With him will I speak, mouth to mouth, not in dark speeches. And the similitude of the Lord will he behold. Wherefore, then, were you not afraid to speak against my servant, Moses? You know, I'm ever amazed at this, the reaction of Moses. He was a great man, he was a big man. Never said a word. And all the razzing and plaguing that Miriam and Aaron had manifested, which was the fruit of jealousy, you know, he didn't get angry. He didn't tell them to mind their own business. He didn't accuse them. He didn't seek to justify himself, which most of us try to do, you know. So easy to justify yourself. He just kept quiet. You know, that's what the Lord did. You remember in Isaiah 53, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before her shearers is dumb, so he opened her. Not his mouth. In first Peter chapter two, when he was reviled, he reviled not again, but left all things to him who judgeth righteously. Moses the servant of God, and our precious Savior, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When they smote him on the cheek, he never said a word. Oh, how easy it is for us to justify ourselves. How easy it is to defend yourself. How hard it is to just say, Well, Lord, it's in your hands. You know my heart. You know what I've said. And you know what I've done. It's what you have. And here we see not weakness, here we see strength. He left his case with God. Do you remember that 37th psalm, the fifth verse? Are you told to trust the Lord? The 37th Psalm, the fifth verse, commit your way unto the Lord, trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. Or the preceding verse, delight yourself in the Lord, He will give you the desires of your heart. Or the seventh verse, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. But especially this one, commit your way unto the Lord, and trust also in him, he shall bring it to pass. Bring what to pass? His will, his counsel. I say again, it's very, very hard not to justify yourself, just to keep quiet. I want to emphasize, it's his strength. It takes a strong man. When he knows he's walking before God, it takes a strong man not to justify yourself, to defend yourself. It's common. This is just uh, this is the natural reaction of a man when he's accused of anything or he's raged, or they gang up on him. Try and defend yourself. He said nothing. If your heart is right before God, you can well afford to wait and let God take care of it. Did you hear what I said? Even when you've been unjustly, dealt with and people have said things about you that are not true and you really want to get up and defend yourself and let them know where you stand if you're strong enough and big enough you can just put your case in the hands of God be sure you're right in your heart before God though and God in his own time will vindicate you I know that I know that I also know it's easy to justify oneself Didn't say a word. But now God came along and he approved. He vindicated his servant. Moses was his prophet. With him, God would speak mouth to mouth. With him would God reveal himself. Moses was his servant. Not only his prophet, but his servant. And you notice in that seventh verse, faithfulness characterized his house. Ah, friend, one is very much tempted to go to Hebrews chapters 3 and 4. Faithfulness is a sign of belonging to the house of God. Moses was, as a servant, faithful in his house. And when you come to Hebrews 3, our Savior, as a son, was faithful in all his house. Wonderful thing. Now look at the verdict of this thing. 10 to 16. How did God vindicate him? I read that Miriam, Miriam is smitten with leprosy, and Aaron is scared stiff, if I can use that term. And so Aaron turns around and pleads with Moses for Miriam. And Moses could have said, Well, she's made her bed, she can lie in it. I didn't put the disease of leprosy upon her, God has. And if God put it upon her, then then the Lord can take it away in his own good time. I'm not going to say any more about it. I'm just going to stand there and let it go by. Oh, no, not Moses. He's too too big for that sort of a thing. What did he do? And I read that Moses prayed and said, Heal her now, O Lord, I beseech you. And you remember that Miriam was shut out of the camp for seven days. Then after the seven days, she returned But you know what happened? The camp was held up. They were held up in their journey until Miriam was well. You know, friend, you can't play fast and loose with God. When God begins to deal with his servants, you better be careful what you say and what you do. Now, I can't leave this portion without giving you an exhortation on this matter of meekness. Only one time in the ministry of our Savior did he ever say to his disciples, learn anything of me. Do you know that? He taught them many things. But this question of learning of him, I'm quoting from Matthew 11, 27, 28. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest to your souls. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Learn of me, for I am meek. When you come to John's gospel, chapter 13, verse 15, we have our Lord saying to the disciples, I have given you an example that what I've done to you, you should do to each other. What had he done? He had taken the place of a slave and washed. Their dirty feet. Instead of his disciples washing his feet, he laid aside his garment, took a towel, girded himself, and washed their feet. You remember how Peter resisted that when he said, Going to wash my feet? Yes, Peter, I'm going to wash your feet. You'll never wash my feet at any time. Then the Lord said, Well, Peter, if I don't wash you, you'll have no lot, no part with me. Then Peter said, then do the whole business from my head down to my feet. And Jesus said, No, he that is bathed needeth not but save to wash his feet. I have given you an example. Only once did he ever say, I have given you an example. And then in 1 Peter chapter 2, the verse I quote a while ago, 1 Peter chapter 2, starting about verse 22, he left us an example who Did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, he reviled not again, but left all things to him who judgeth righteously. Is this our Saviour? Yes. Learn of me, for I am meek. I have given you an example. He left us an example. Only once did he say, learn of me. Only once did he say, I have given you an example. Only once is it written, he left us an example. All three places, meekness, and meekness is found at the feet of Jesus. I'm well aware in Galatians chapter 5, verse 23. you Remember that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. Meekness is a fruit of the Spirit. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a strong man to be meek. That's what I said a while ago. That's why Paul, you remember, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, in the first verse said, I, I exhort you by the gentleness and the meekness of Christ. And Paul was no weakling, I'll tell you. But I beseech you by the gentleness and the meekness of Christ. You want me to come with a stick? And beat you up? No, I'm going to come in the gentleness and meekness of Christ. May God give to us meekness. And where do I learn it? Where do you learn it? At the feet of our Savior. May I just talk to you who are Sunday school teachers, preachers, teachers, whatever you may be, Christian workers, believers, all of you. Can't we heed the exhortation, learn of me, for I am meek. The Son of God is speaking. And the only place you'll ever learn it. It's an unnatural thing. It's a supernatural thing. To learn it, you've got to sit at his feet. And this ever amazes me with Moses. He never said a word. He never said a word. They railed on him. They ganged up on him. Never said a word. Commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring to pass, bring to pass what? His will in your life and my life. May the Lord wonderfully bless you today and may you know something, sitting at the feet of Jesus, hearing his word and learning meekness. Humility is the sign of greatness in the kingdom of God. God grant will learn to sit at his feet and hear his word. The Lord bless you today for His wonderful namesake.
1: To us with your comments and your prayer requests to the Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon 97338. The Unchanging Word is dependent on the support of our listeners. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Life